Good morning, listeners. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and you are listening to the Playmakers Corner podcast. Coming up, we have Requests Part 12 with a variety of positions, mainly linebackers and a quarterback today. So I'm very excited to get started on this. And kicking us off, we have Aiden Johnson, the 5'10", 205-pound outside linebacker slash inside linebacker out of Grand Junction High School. He also has some running back film, but it looks like the majority of his snaps were on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to go ahead and start with some of his strengths that he shows on defense slash that outside linebacker position. He shows discipline on the edge and routinely beats tight ends and tackles off the line of scrimmage using basically just like a speed rush move. He also has a pretty solid reach with his arms and vertical to bat down passes at the line or make interceptions that the quarterback thinks, you know, it's just going to go right over his head. So he's a pretty all right athlete, I'd say, at the outside linebacker position. And at the middle linebacker position, he showed pretty solid instincts as far as moving left to right and being kind of a sideline to sideline mover, I'd say. I also think that, you know, he tackles with his hands on the ball in order to force turnovers. And, you know, he shows solid instincts in the run and pass game. And he's somebody who you can trust to drop into zone coverage, you know, whether that's the outside linebacker or middle linebacker position. I will also say that, you know, he is a very fundamentally sound tackler and has pretty good form, I'd say, whether he's coming in off the edge and tackling the quarterback or whether it was at that middle linebacker position his junior year and filling those gaps and tackling those running backs. As far as areas of improvement, I'd say that he doesn't have a lot of film or stats to help him out. And he doesn't have like a go-to rush move. He just kind of speed rushes. So he doesn't show a bull rush or a spin move or a swim move at all. And I think that, you know, he just relies on being faster than a bulky lineman, which is not a very sound strategy for going to the next level. Also, we'll say that, you know, I didn't see him play any man coverage in pass, so that definitely limits the amount of opportunities that he has to get onto the field. And, you know, as a running back, he doesn't have super great vision. But the number one thing that I wanted to talk about with Aiden Johnson's film, specifically his five-game senior year film, and this is a message to all young players who are making your film, scouts know when you fast-forward the film. So... Aiden, I'm going to call you out here, and I'm sorry that it had to be you, but I can tell when the film is fast-forwarded to make you look faster, all right? Everyone else is sped up, too, you know? You're not a, a video editor or anything like that. So as a scout, you know, that that's a huge red flag to me because it kind of comes off as lying. It's not that you're fitting more film in. You're lying about your speed, all right? So I know that Aiden isn't a very fast player because he's fast-forwarding, and I know that he's not willing to be honest with me as a scout watching his film. And so from a scout perspective, you know, and this goes out to any football players, don't speed up your film. You know, if you have enough plays for your highlight reel to be long, then you'll have enough plays and you don't, there's no excuse to fast forward any of your film whatsoever. It comes off as lazy and it comes off as you're not willing to put in the work and that you're not, you don't actually think that you're good enough to play the next level. So as far as outlook goes, I really don't see many opportunities for Aiden here unless he goes to like a division three walk-on kind of deal. Because, you know, that speed, speeding up your film is such a huge red flag and a big no-no, I'd say. 
So obviously I wish Aiden the best of luck. I hope that this helps him more than anything and that he's listening to me and taking away a message from this as well as the younger athletes. No, not to speed up your film. Scouts can tell when it's sped up. Everyone else moves faster. It's not human for people to be moving, you know, like a like a sped up movie scene. You know, we know what fast forward looks like. So don't do what Aiden did. Aiden, I'm sorry that I kind of had to pick on you, but it's pretty inexcusable, I'd say, especially, you know, when you're doing it from a defensive end or running back position to make you look faster off the edge or faster hitting the hole. It's there's no excuse for it. So sorry I had to call call you up like that, but you know, it had to happen at some point. Don't speed up your film to any young athletes. Obviously, I wish Aiden nothing but the best. I hope that he can learn from this and I hope that he gets opportunities to play football at the next level. But that's all we got for Aiden Johnson. He really didn't have too much film. So, you know, another thing is if you're making requests, make sure that the athlete has film. Please tell us the name of the athlete, the position that they play, where they play, and if possible, send in the film as well. But coming up next, we have Alan Ortiz, the 6'3", 180-pound outside linebacker slash wide receiver out of Green Mountain High School. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer. We just talked about Aiden Johnson, and now we're going to talk about Alan Ortiz out of Green Mountain High School, the 6'3", 180-pound wide receiver slash outside linebacker. So I'll talk about his wide receiver film first because I think that he's more likely to probably play that outside linebacker position at the next level based off of the skills that I saw. So at wide receiver, you know, I think he shows very solid footwork near the boundary, and he's very good at boxing out defenders when going up for contested catches. There's particularly four post routes, I want to say, on his film where, you know, the quarterback puts it right in his breadbasket, and Allen here does a great job at keeping the defender out of the catch radius, basically, and, you know, like I said, boxing out that cornerback in order to make that play, and eventually he's able to score a touchdown on most of these post routes as well. I think he has a solid enough stiff arm as far as an arsenal goes of moves to really throw cornerbacks to the ground and some of those smaller players and then stave off some of those linebackers as well. He's pretty good in one-on-one -on -one coverage. I think that he has a pretty decent double move as well, whether he's running those out routes or those post routes. And he has very strong legs and the ability to drag defenders once he has the ball his touchdowns come from him shedding a tackle almost every single time. So, you know, I like that high motor that he has. And I think that, you know, he he's strong enough in his lower body to push through some contact for sure. As far as why I think that he's more of an outside linebacker compared to a wide receiver, some of these areas of improvement, you know, aren't necessarily on him. Like the there's not a very big route tree that he was able to run. So, you know, that's obviously you look for variety in routes and stuff as a scout for wide receivers. And we talked about it in our wide receiver episode, which if you haven't listened to it, that is episode 19. And we talk about the variety of routes and the positions, but anyways, he doesn't line up in a whole bunch of spots and he doesn't run a huge route tree. I'd say it's primarily out hitch post and, you know, maybe a go route from time to time. 
He also doesn't show super great field awareness when running routes. There's one route where I definitely know that he either got pushed off or he ended up way inside because it was a go route. And he ended up near the hash marks when he was lined up on the numbers. So that was a little bit of a concern. He also drifts a little bit on his routes. So like his out routes, you know, he'll drift slowly upfield. And that's a huge red flag for a wide receiver because if you drift on your routes, then you open up opportunities for the defense to jump balls especially on out routes and in routes. Those are like the two worst routes to get a really bad drift on, I'd say. And last but not least, I think that he could work on his stance a little bit and his stance leads to a false step out of the gate from the wide receiver position. But with all that being said, he is a very solid outside linebacker slash edge rusher D end kind of guy. And so I'll talk about some of his areas of improvement from the outside linebacker spot because there's really not that many compared to the amount of strengths that he has. So one thing, one question mark that came up for me while watching Allen's film here is how he would look against pulling guards and some of those bigger interior linemen whenever they work their way outside for those outside runs because he primarily matches up on tight ends and tackles and they are almost no match for him or competition. So I'd like to see him matched up against some bigger players for sure. And I do think that at 180 pounds, he's a bit smaller for outside linebacker on the next level or DN. So, and I'll talk about this a little bit during Outlook, but Allen definitely could put on some weight. And then I really like his odds going to that next level. Also, I didn't get to see too much past film. You know, he shows minor capabilities in the zone, but I wish that I had more opportunities to watch how he does in zone. And I don't think he plays a lot of man coverage. And if he does, I didn't see any of it. So if I don't see it on his highlight reel, it's obviously a bit of a red flag as to what his man coverage capabilities are. I also think as far as pass rush moves go, or even, you know, playing in the run game, I didn't see a very high level spin, swim, or bull rush move. And you know, those are like the big three, I'd say. He, he does show block shedding capabilities, but I'd like to see him develop kind of a go-to swim move, I think is one that could be really good for him. Or, you know, if he gets a little bit bigger, then maybe that bull rush could be something that he could add to his repertoire. But I also have some questions about his strength just in general and his durability in his arms because, you know, there's not a whole bunch of film. So I wonder, like, how often he was on the field and what his usage percentage was at the outside linebacker slash stand-up D-end position. With all these things in mind, you know, there's obviously some things that I do like about Alan Ortiz, and I think that, you know, he could be a very solid next level player, whether that's at a JUCO or even a Division II level. And so some of the things that I really like is he has a very quick first step off the line. You know, he's quick to engage with those tackles and those tight ends, and he beats them off the ball legitimately without, you know, speeding up the film. And... I think that, you know, that makes him a world beater in the first place. Obviously, he's a bit on the lighter side, so you'd expect his speed to be, you know, more proficient than those tackles or those tight ends, but it's still impressive nonetheless. And so I really enjoyed watching that on Allen's film here. I think that, you know, he's very good at using his hands and engaging with the tackles or the tight ends when he needs to and keeping them at an arm's distance in order for him to use his vision. He's very good at keeping his eyes in the backfield and on the quarterback and, you know, trying to diagnose whatever the play is. Once he figures out what the play is with his high IQ, I could tell that Allen, you know, he, uh, he has a football mind and he's very, he's very able to enact on that heading forward in the game. So he's 
incredible at watching the play, diagnosing it, figuring out what to do with the tackler tight end and shucking him to the side like some bad corn. So I also think that he's a very solid form tackler and his instincts help him out in the pass game, moving from one route in his zone to another. There's one play in particular, I think it was against Northridge, I want to say, where Allen is playing a flat zone, but then he reads the quarterback's eyes and he comes back to this uh, dump off route and Allen just blows it up. You know, it, it looks like it's going to be probably like a six or seven yard gain. And Allen stops it at one or two yards, I want to say, because he's able to read the quarterback and use his football IQ and instincts to know, okay, the quarterback has already looked at this route and he's moving to his next route and then blowing up that subsequent route. I also think that, you know, obviously reading the quarterback's eyes in the passing game is a strength of his, but, you know, he's also good at reading the quarterback's eyes and having those football instincts to understand what the quarterback is going to do in the read option or the speed option game where, you know, that quarterback has that other option but he's good at finding either the running back in the speed option or finding the quarterback and knowing what decision the quarterback is going to make. And I think that comes with a lot of football IQ and those instincts and, you know, just being able to read the quarterback based off of probably watching some film and knowing the quarterback's tendencies and traits. So I think that Ortiz is a guy who's going to come into your football program and he's going to be a leader in the film room, I'd say, is something that is within his capabilities. I don't personally know Alan or his film watching habits, but it seems like those are some things that you've got to pick up from watching film. I also think that he absolutely cannot be blocked by a tight end at any point. And, um, you know, I think that as far as moves go, he has a great grab and shove and then even sidesteps. So what I mean by that is, you know, he's just really fast and he has great footwork and the ability to avoid those tight ends. You know, I think that the tight ends just aren't athletic enough to block Alan Ortiz the majority of the time. And, you know, I think the same thing can be said for tackles. You know, there there's no way that you can play aggressively at tight end or tackle against Alan Ortiz because his sidestep and his ability to use his hands, he's just going to end up tossing you to the side. And then obviously any running backs that are going to try and lunge at him, he's going to toss them to the side as well. So Alan Ortiz, he has great moves there. And then Something that I noticed is he all, his instincts translate well to the pass game as far as like screen passes go. He's able to diagnose screen passes very well at that outside linebacker position whenever you split out wide even and kind of looking at a bit more of a cornerback position, which is very common in Colorado to roll out your outside linebacker or, you know, your other safety to that slot corner position. I think that Alan Ortiz shows great athleticism out there. And, you know, I think that as far as his size and frame goes, he definitely needs to get bigger no matter what direction he goes. But his athleticism and footwork opens up opportunities for him to, you know, maybe convert to a safety or nickel safety kind of position. I just want to go over some stats real quick here from Alan Ortiz. You know, over his two years, he racked up five sacks. But the important thing, I think, is he went from two sacks his junior year in a full season to three sacks in only five games. And he's able to get pressure and develop hurries on the quarterback. His senior year, he had nine tackles for loss on only 52 tackles. So if you break it down statistically, you know, he's getting a tackle for loss basically on over 10% of his plays. So that's that's really huge. As far as plays that he's a part of, I should say like that. And he upped his tackles per game from six last year as a junior to 10.4. So all of his percentages as far as being able to blow up the play and, you know, his tackles all increased dramatically with an increased workload in less games. So I think that, 
you know, those are definitely some things to keep an eye on. He's a turnover machine, I'd say. He's really good at getting his arm on the football whenever he tackles. And that's part of that form tackle, but he's good at punching out the football. He's caused three fumbles in his in his few years, and he also has five interceptions on the defensive side of the ball and seven pass deflections. So, you know, he's able to play very well in that zone kind of look. And he obviously shows hands due to his wide receiver film. And I think is a threat, you know, at that outside linebacker stand-up end position to drop him back into coverage. And that versatility is going to be huge looking for scouts at that next level. And then just going over his senior year, as far as receiving totals go, he racked up 24 catches for 466 yards and four TDs. These are the best stats of his entire career. And I think that, you know, that they're a huge testament to the growth that Allen has at those positions. Talking outlook here with Alan Ortiz, I wasn't able to find too much information, but I was able to find that Alan Ortiz is actually committed to Western New Mexico University, so he will be joining Josh Ruland at that next level. And I think that Western New Mexico is going to be a good fit for Alan Ortiz, but I do think that maybe a redshirt year would be good to develop, you know, whether they want to use him as a wide receiver or to bulk him up for that defensive side of the ball. I think that there's a lot of things to refine. And I do think that, you know, if he does go for that wide receiver position, I think that Josh has an edge on him as our number three receiver, and he's a bit more refined. But I do like the idea of, you know, if Allen is able to grow out his footwork and his stance a little bit with that collegiate coaching and even bulk up a little bit more, I do like his odds of, you know, being a very good two-headed threat with Josh as outside receivers just between their size, both at like six foot three and over 180 pounds. So... Congratulations, Alan Ortiz, on your commitment to Western New Mexico University. We wish you nothing but the best. And, you know, anytime you want to come onto the show, you are more than welcome. But that does it for my breakdown and analysis of Alan Ortiz, the wide receiver, once again, out of Green Mountain High School and the Western New Mexico University commit. Coming up next, I have Owen Busetti out of Florence High School, who is also a college football commit. Coming up next. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, here with Request Part 12. And our third prospect here is Owen Busetti. And once again, if I'm saying that wrong, feel free to reach out and correct us. But Owen Busetti, the 5'11", 200-pound running back slash linebacker out of Florence High School. So I'm going to talk about his areas of improvement as a running back and as a linebacker. And then I'll talk about his strengths as a running back and then as a linebacker, respectively. So, Owen is, as a linebacker, he definitely hesitates a little bit when playing the run unless it's a designed blitz. You could see it in kind of this weird, strange side gallop that he has to start a lot of plays. That definitely slows him down. And I do think that, you know, his speed kind of limits him as far as his capabilities as a linebacker and keeps him inside the box. I think that he's very in the box player and not so much a sideline to sideline kind of roamer with top end speed to make plays at either hash. So I think that, you know, he, he plays definitely inside and sometimes he definitely makes the tackle a little too late. 
And you can see this on the film, whether it's like a touchdown that he allows because he's not able to meet the running back or react fast enough, or a first down that he allows because he's not able to react faster. And I just don't think that his instincts necessarily match at that inside linebacker position. So th those are some question marks that I have for him as a linebacker. And I think that, you know, I wouldn't really trust him in man-to-man -man coverage, but I'll talk about his zone coverage here in a little bit in the strengths, I would say. And then as far as running back goes, once again, his speed is probably the biggest red flag for me. He doesn't show that next level, I guess, like D1 speed. And, you know, I think that had a huge role to play as far as his commitment into Ottawa and that NAIA thing. But enough talking about the future, still talking about his running back skills as it stands now. I think that once again, his hesitation gets in the way of him even as a running back because you could see sometimes when he goes to make a move that he probably waits a little too long because he's diagnosing a little too slow and waiting too long to make the move that he wants to make. And I think that he should just trust his athleticism a little bit more and you know trust his footwork a little bit more because he does show a lot of glimpses of solid athleticism and excellent footwork. But I do think that his brain gets in the way a little bit. And it's one of those things where it's like, don't think about it too much. Just go ahead and play is what I'd say for Owen Busetti that would make him a much better football player in every sense, I'd say, is trusting himself a little bit more. I do think that sometime between junior and senior year, he kind of lost a gear, I'd want to say, for that top end speed. I'm not really sure if there's something that I don't know or if he just got a bit more bulkier. I'd say is probably what it looks like just with the eye test probably more than anything is that he just got a bit heavier and maybe he's a bit more comfortable as a running back running at a light lighter weight but once I'm not really sure what the story is but I do know that he did slow down considerably from his junior to senior year. I also think that he lunges for blocks sometimes and he relies a way too much on his momentum whenever he blocks and that's a huge red flag for pass protection where you know, pass protection, you have to be a bit more conservative and you have to identify the right guy and then set your base and be ready for whatever's coming towards you. So, and I think that, you know, in the pass blocking film that he has, he shows some proficiencies in it, but he identifies the wrong guy like twice, I'd say, when whenever it's a blitz. So you have to be able to stick to those rules. And I think that watching a little bit more film would serve him very well as a running back for pass protection and even run blocking I'd say as well and then something that's kind of a red flag too as far as motor goes is he'll block one guy like he'll pancake somebody but then he'll watch the rest of the play especially if it's a running play and he's the lead blocker he blows up the defensive end or the linebacker that he's assigned to and then he just watches the play so Owen just know that play until the whistle go find someone else and light them up and I'm sure that you've probably heard this from your coaches as well so you know just Elevate your game a little bit more, and I know that you're capable of blowing guys up, so go blow up multiple guys on some plays. And I think that, you know, being able to have a great play and then continue to have an even better play or even an elite play is something that you learn from just consistently being great. And so I think that Owen is capable of addressing that. I also think that there's very little to no pass catching film for him as a running back. So I question his hands and his route running for sure. And the versatility that he brings in the backfield. I also think that he looks way more comfortable with the ball in his left hand. And he doesn't really show an ability to run with the ball in his right hand. There's one play where 
you know, he's running through the right side and he switches the ball to his right hand. And then when he starts to sense that somebody's getting closer, he switches the ball back to his left hand. So that was like argh, a huge head scratcher. And it kind of like made me cringe a little bit because he switched the ball to the correct hand and then switched back to the wrong hand. And that ugh, I'm still just kind of baffled by the fact that he did that. And I think that, you know, you could see that that's a bit of a concern as far as ball security goes, seeing as how he's had four fumbles between his sophomore and junior year, and he lost three of them. So, you know, that's something that could definitely be fixed, but it's something where it makes me think like, why did it start in the first place? Sheesh, that's just very, uh, very big question marks there. But now that I've talked about his areas of improvement, I'm going to talk about what makes him such a solid linebacker and then what makes him such a solid running back and why he was able to secure a spot on an NAIA roster. So Owen is a very downhill linebacker who has a few pass rush moves actually and he proves effective you know whether he's blitzing in the run game or in the passing game he's able to shed blocks pretty well. He gets his hands up and you know he has a pretty decent swim move I'd even say for getting through the line and even an ability to spin from time to time. So you know, the fact that he has a couple of pass rushing moves, he kind of reminds me of a Brian Mottram a little bit as far as what his capabilities are in the pass rushing game. He's not quite as good as a Brian Mottram, but, you know, he does a lot of the same things very well as far as pass rushing and then filling in those lanes whenever he is at linebacker and using, being able to read the flow of a play, I'd say pretty well, and then filling in that hole. He has a good eye for where the ball is going to go in the run game. And, you know, he always blitzes to the correct gap, whether that's the run or the pass game. He doesn't get lost in the shuffle of lineman pulling or going down blocking or anything like that. Misdirection. He consistently plays his assignment and assignment football will end you up with a handful of plays, as you can see in the fact that he's never averaged less than six tackles per game. And he has over 40 tackles for loss during his football career. And that comes from just playing straight up assignment football. He's also very proficient at reading the quarterback's eyes and playing that middle zone. And in general, he's kind of a turnover machine. He's caused four fumbles, including three his junior year. He also has, you know, a pass deflection to his name as far as playing that middle zone. And he has five interceptions from the middle linebacker spot, including two his senior year in only five games. So, you know, it that's kind of, re that's why I didn't really address his hands too much when talking about that he doesn't have a lot of pass catching film because, you know, he comes up with some pretty all right interceptions. He's able to catch a ball that's thrown directly to him. You know, that's why I talked more about the route running and things like that and the field kind of vision. But, you know, as far as linebacker goes, he's a turnover machine. I think that he definitely provides a spark to this defense as he's able to do a variety of things, whether it's blitz in the pass game, blitz in the rush game, have, you know, some pass rushing moves and make interceptions and force fumbles. So, you know, he's everything that you ask for out of a middle linebacker. And that's why he was able to find such high success at Florence High School. But talking about his absolute bread and butter, the running back position, Owen is incredibly hard to bring down and he runs with a great center of balance. And, you know, this is whether he's making moves. He has very superb footwork. I'd say, and he's able to change directions pretty well. He was able to change directions a little bit better his junior year, but he still maintained that ability to change directions and even have a jump cut that worked a lot of the time. So, you know, he has great footwork. He has a plethora of moves, I'd say. He's able to lower his shoulder and grind out a few extra yards. I think that, you know, all these are still 
under the umbrella that is Owen Busetti's balance, you know, because without that balance, he's not able to have this plethora of moves and truck people and still keep running or make a quick cut or change direction super well. So I think that Owen's balance is easily his greatest strength that allows him to have so many moves and make him such a diverse runner. I also really like his vision because he's able to take handoffs from under center. And I put that his footwork is surprising because honestly, it really is. He's able to chop it up. He has quick cuts. He has great jump cuts. I'd even say, you know, that ability to change direction is just absolutely huge. I think that he has really good arm strength and he's able to drive on blocks sometimes whenever he is called upon to be a lead blocker. And I think you could also see his arms and their strength in his stiff arm ability. He has a very solid and serviceable stiff arm, I'd say, that I think, you know, just from the variety of moves that he has, you could tell that Owen is a football player and a running back at heart, I'd say, you know, and I think his instincts at running back and his vision is a lot better than his instincts and vision at middle linebacker. And you could see that, you know, just even in his stats, he was able to rack up over 500 yards in a five game season. So he averaged 11 and a half yards per carry actually his senior year and nine touchdowns. And that's just a small sample size of his overall workload where he had 307 carries for 2,715 yards and 38 touchdowns at the running back position. So he's been an absolute beast for Florence every single year since his sophomore year. And, you know, having that football experience and all those carries, you know, I think sets him up very well for the next level. And I'm really excited to see what he's able to do at Ottawa University. So, you know, when I read his initial Twitter bio, I said, oh, you come in. I was like, for the Sooners? But no, we're talking Ottawa University out of NAIA. They play in the Kansas Conference. And I think that, you know, so here's my here's my thoughts on Owen Busetti. As far as, you know, being 200 pounds, I think that he did bulk up a lot. And I think there's two directions Owen can go. I think he can either slim down a little bit and go back to more of that speed, jittery kind of running back that he was. Or, you know, he could continue to bulk up and work on his blocking skills. And I think that he could be a really good fullback on that NAIA level. I think that with his ability to drive defenders off the ball and his ability to use his vision to identify the right person on who to block, I think that he could be a phenomenal fullback who's able to you know, carry the rock in those goal line situations or even in those short yardage situations and you get you the first down or get you the touchdown or help your running back get there at the fullback position. So I think that, you know, there's two paths and they're kind of on the opposite sides of the spectrum or the planet, you know, and obviously if he bulks up and continues to be a power back, that's obviously another option where you kind of have like a two headed running back thing where you have a scat back and then you have the power back who can run between the tackles really well. But I do think that, you know, he's kind of in an awkward spot where he's played those two very different running styles and he showed proficiency in both, but I don't know what he's personally more comfortable with. And I think that that will dictate. And as far as what Ottawa needs, I'm not really sure what they need. So he's going to have to figure out what they need and they need to figure out what they want to do with Owen. Because I think that, you know, there's not really a sweet middle based off of the way that he was running between the two because there's just such a huge difference in the way that he does run depending on the style of runner that he chooses to be but you know owen i'd like to hear your input on what the way you like to run and what you prefer 
and what kind of style you prefer, and then kind of what Ottawa is asking of you at the NAIA level. I do think that he's going to be a couple-year starter. I think that he could easily start two years at Ottawa just based off of his, you know, football ability, really. he's he, Owen Busetti is a football player, and that's why he's going to succeed. And I think that, you know, if he was able to show a lot of these same skills on a level above the 1A level, which, you know, that's not on him. He can't really choose where he plays. But if he did these same things on the 3A or 4A level, I think that he definitely would have been a D2 or maybe even lower FCS kind of player. And if he was able to refine his instincts a little bit more. But that's all I got for Owen Busetti. Coming up next, we have the CSU Pueblo commit out of Denver South High School. If you know, you know. Coming up. All right, we're going to wrap up here on the Playmakers Corner podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, but we have one more athlete on request part 12, and that is the six foot two, 180-pound quarterback out of Denver South High School who hasn't played the 2020-2021 season yet, but is committed to CSU Pueblo. If you know Julian Burke, that is who we're talking about here today, unless it's Julian Bjork. If I'm saying it wrong, just let me know, but... I'm going to stick with Julian for now. I'm going to talk about his areas of improvement as a quarterback out of Denver South High School, and then I'm going to talk about the reason that he was able to commit to CSU Pueblo and kind of what the outlook is for him at CSU Pueblo. So areas of improvement. I definitely think that ball security is the biggest red flag for Julian here. He had three fumbles and 14 interceptions in two years as a starter, sophomore, and junior year. I'd love for him to address that before this upcoming season that starts on March 19th, I believe is Denver South's opening game. You know, he runs with the ball super outside from his body, and he carries it like, you got to protect that ball like it's a like it's your baby, man. So whenever he's scrambling, you know, the ball definitely gets away from his body, and it's way easier to punch out if the defender gets the jump on him. And, you know, that's obviously a huge red flag. And then 14 interceptions in two years is kind of a lot, not going to lie, where, you know, you have guys like Griffin Laurentano who only threw two, like, his entire senior year. So his TD to INT ratio could definitely use some work. And I think that he has a chance to capitalize off of that and his decision-making. So I think one reason why he's able, why he threw so many interceptions is that he trusts his arm velocity a bit too much. And he gets lucky on some touchdown throws, I'd say. And he forces some footballs that should not be where they are, you know? So I'd like to see him grow as far as, you know, making, going through progressions because he definitely seems like a one read or two read kind of quarterback before he tucks and runs or he just stares down one receiver for an entire play and he runs around until they get open. So I want to see him work on those progressions and going through his reads. I think that he's capable of doing that because of his ability to extend plays so well. And I think that you'll find success with some of those second or third options even. I also think that, you know, he doesn't always make the right read whenever running the read option because they do ask him to run the football. And I'll talk about that in his strengths here in a bit. But he definitely keeps the football sometimes when he shouldn't. And, you know, it, I definitely think it leads to some wear and tear as far as some hits that he doesn't really need to be taking. As far as, you know, quarterback and throwing motion goes, though, I do not think he engages his whole body when throwing super well. And he's super flat-footed with his release. You know, he doesn't step into passes super well unless he's on the run. 
and he doesn't really engage the rest of his body when he's on the run. He relies on his arm a little too much, but I think that that's something that some collegiate coaching can help address. So biggest red flags, just as a quick review, kind of his decision-making and going through progressions and the amount of turnovers are the biggest red flags. And then some technique, technique things as far as, you know, tucking the ball inside whenever you're running with it and, you know, not letting it get super far away from your body when you're scrambling and, you know, working on some of those engaging your whole body, especially like his hips, I think, and his legs whenever throwing the football. I think that he can gain a lot more arm power that's hiding within his legs and his hips. But the reason why he was able to get an offer and commit to such a coveted D2 program is because there are a lot of things to like about Julian. You know, he has a very strong arm. And that's part of the reason why he relies on it is because he can get away with that at this level. He has super great velocity, I think. And he throws a variety of routes, whether it's over in the middle or on the outsides. So I think that he's he's a very fast runner as well with super quick feet. But talking about his arm, he's super strong. He's able to flick and throw like 50 yards. And then once he's in the red zone, his velocity really shows. He His go-to route, I'd say, is like the slant route. And he just throws it so fast and hard that there's no way that a defense can really make a play on it unless they're already in position to make a play on it before the snap starts. Something that I really like about his throwing motion too is, you know, his arm snaps like a rubber band. He has a super quick release. And that's something that I really like compared to a lot of quarterbacks in this state that have a super huge windup. You know, whenever he throws the ball, he keeps it tucked into to his chest and it's straight back and straight forward. You know, it's definitely like snapping a rubber band. He has a super fast release. And I think that that's part of the reason why his velocity is so amazing and why he's able to throw the ball so dang hard because, you know, his arm is basically elastic when, when he throws in. So, you know, I don't know if he plays baseball maybe, but it definitely has kind of a baseball effect in my eyes as far as just being a snap. I also think that, you know, when he feels pressure, he's able to move around the pocket very well or run. And he's very capable of throwing on the run at this Colorado high school level. And I think that, you know, they use that to their, they, they play to his strengths too. Whenever he runs flood concepts, he's super great at running those because of his ability to move and throw on the run and kind of make those, you know, those flood reads are definitely his most friendly read concepts. I think he also has a very good pump fake that he's able to make defenders bite on. And then following that, he's able to follow it up with a throw or take off and run as well. And he moves defenses very well with his shoulders. He, show, he shows a lot of ability to, you know, make defenses move cerebrally. And I really like that a whole bunch for Julian here. But talking about Julian, the runner, you know, he has super great speed. I think he definitely absolutely has next level speed he's the fastest player on this request episode no doubt he has really quick feet he's able to change direction he has a solid jump cut and a solid you know uh smaller cut i'd say as well and those pump fakes and being able to move defenses applies to him opening up opportunities for him in the run game absolutely and he's a phenomenal athlete just to talk about some of julian's stats here you know, between his sophomore and junior year, he had 32 touchdowns to 14 interceptions, and that's in the passing game with over just a hair over 3,000 yards. But I think his rushing his junior year was the biggest thing to take away from, where he ran for nearly 500 yards on 83 carries and 5 TDs. So, you know, you talk about overall workload. He has 3,500 yards and 
like almost 40 touchdowns in only two years as a starter. So he's super dynamic, I'd say, as, as a passer and also as a runner. But, you know, talking about his outlook, he is committed to CSU Pueblo, but there's a couple of things that are tough about that situation. Leslie Richardson, who we rated as our number two quarterback, if you haven't listened to that, listen to episode 14, our top five quarterbacks in the state of Colorado, class of 2021. But he has to compete against Leslie Richardson, who I think is a division one talent. And so that's obviously a huge barrier, I'd say, whereas Leslie definitely gives me first year starter kind of vibes. I think that Julian is kind of a project quarterback where you have to get him ready for that next level and the speed of the game and get him to go through progressions. However, if I'm going to be completely honest, looking into my crystal ball here, I think that Leslie Richardson probably ends up transferring to a Division I school after winning a championship or two with CSU Pueblo, depending on what his goals and aspirations are. And I think that at the point where Leslie Richardson transfers, Julian will be ready to go as CSU Pueblo's quarterback. It's never a bad thing to have some competition in the quarterback room. And so I do think that he could be a one-year or maybe even a two-year starter, depending on you know what Leslie Richardson's flight path is. But at the same time, I don't see too many opportunities opening up for him while Leslie Richardson is playing unless, you know, it's playing a fourth quarter because Leslie Richardson, James Walker and company just tore up whoever the heck they play on the Division II level. So Julian, unfortunately, is just stepping into kind of an unfortunate circumstance, but I do really like him as a quarterback. I do think that the CSU Pueblo staff is going to be able to maximize his potential. And, you know, I think that should the opportunity arise where he does get to play, I think that he will be a very solid quarterback. And I do advise all of our listeners to keep an eye out for him this spring season for Denver South High School. And, you know, they play off against Hinkley. And I think that that's going to be a big-time game between some big-time talent in Julian and even Jay Sean Leba, which if you haven't listened to that request episode, that was one of the first ones that we did. Listen to my breakdown on Jay Sean. And they take on Hinkley who has their very own Tyren Draper, who is on requests part eight, I believe, if you haven't listened to that episode. So lots of listening for you listeners to do and lots of work for Julian here in the offseason. Obviously, Julian, you're invited onto the show if you want to. But that does it for this episode of Request Part 12 with your host, Cody Stoffer on Playmakers Corner. Once again, if you are sending in requests, we want the athlete's name, their position, the high school that they play at, as well as potentially a link to their film as well. We appreciate all the love and support that you guys have been showing us on social media, whether that's been TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We're thinking about starting a Reddit, so you know maybe comment on this, you know whether it's an Instagram or Twitter post, if we should start a Reddit. But you know if you don't follow us, find us on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Playmakers Corner or Playmaker Corner if you're on Twitter. We appreciate the love and support. Thank you all so much to our listeners and you guys have a good rest of your day. We will see you on Friday with some middle school breakdowns. Have a good one.